I'm Wendy Michelle, personal trainer and nutritionist turned researcher, innovator, and precision wellness specialist. Welcome to Whole, Healthy, and Free. This podcast is all about equipping you with cutting-edge tools and information for accomplishing your health goals and becoming your best version of you. I have collectively spent over 20 years behind the scenes in clinical healthcare, in food and supplement manufacturing, in alternative medicine, and fitness marketing. What I've seen behind closed doors and experienced in real life has provided me with an education no formal textbook would dare to write about. From it all, I learned that health is much easier than it has been presented to be. People are capable of way more than they realize. And the majority of what masquerades as healthy is commonly what actually contributes to illness. I break it all down and bring it all to light for the sole purpose of giving you your power back so you can reclaim your health to live whole, healthy, and free. Hey friends, time for another episode of Whole, Healthy, and Free. Define the limitations for personal breakthrough. Today is going to be a fun one. (laughs) We're going to be discussing one of the most talked about perhaps the most dreaded and most monetized components of health and wellness, and that would be exercise. Other than food, I would have to say that this subject matter is the one that I get the most questions about, and I have a backlog of emails and texts and voicemails with questions about working out and weight loss, and it seems that despite the all the books and the fitness experts out there, people continue to be confused and frustrated when it comes to exercise. They have equipment that's sitting in their house collecting dust. They have gym memberships that maybe they've used once or twice. They have um, class passes that maybe they've forgotten about and a library of saved Instagram posts and Pinterest boards for inspiration. And yet still they text me and email me wanting to know what they're supposed to do because apparently they still don't know or nothing is working. And I say all this to let you know that you are not alone in how you feel. And based on my observation and conversations in general, the fitness industry has done a poor job of equipping people. And I think for the purpose of profit has intentionally overcomplicated an ability that actually comes quite naturally to humans, which is movement. So considering this topic is so vast, I thought it would be best to bring on a guest host to help keep me on track, so to speak. Make sure that all of the good stuff gets shared. And uh, there's really no one better to keep it all real. And let's be honest, entertaining for me than this lady. She is talented, brilliant, beautiful, and kind, albeit sometimes a little sassy. And she has been making me laugh for over, I don't know, two decades now. Uh, and she currently holds the record for asking me the most questions ever in a, an hour period of time. And I'm so thrilled that she agreed to join me today. And so it is with my great honor that I introduce the one, the only, my daughter, Kylie Mariah. Hello, Kylie. Hello. What a great way to introduce me. I couldn't think of a more accurate introduction. Well, I think I know you at this point in time. I've only known you since, oh, before you even took your first breath of oxygen. So I feel like if there's anyone to introduce you, it would be me. Um, (laughs) I'm so excited today because I feel like we have these conversations all the time, and we've been having them for so long. So um, it just seemed appropriate to just let people in on these conversations that that we are so used to um, and and answer some of the questions that most people have. And I'm so thankful that you gave me this time today. Um, And as you know, we're going to be speaking primarily about exercise and this industry that really seems to create more confusion than solutions as even as time goes on and as as science gives us new information and technology, people seem to get more and more overwhelmed. Um, do you have any experiences or just an overall insight into the the wellness industry or the exercise industry from your standpoint? Like, do you have any experiences that you want to share, um, you know, like, has navigating it always been easy for you? Or do you kind of resonate with the majority of the people feeling overwhelmed and annoyed? Oh, I'm for sure overwhelmed and annoyed. And I've been doing 
fitness for probably four years straight and have been serious about it for at least the last four years. And I'm still overwhelmed and frustrated by most of the information that's out there. And I mean, the reality is, is you've actually been in gym since you were an infant. And which is, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before the show where, you know, the when I first was certified to be a personal trainer, you were, I think, four months old or something like that. And so you used to, well, I'm sure you don't remember, you used to be at the gym at, um, opening it with me at 4 o'clock in the morning and um, you used to hang out in a little room as you as you grew up. You were in, like, this little room in the back of this particular gym um, just waiting for, for me to wrap up in the morning so that we could move on to the rest of the day. So you've actually been in inundated with it, been, in, been around it. So I feel like your perspective is unique, which is why I wanted to also have you on because um, it's fun to hear from – from more the consumer side. I mean, I can talk all day about this stuff, but it doesn't really do much good if it's not answering people's questions or it's getting to the root of the problem for the general public. So that's kind of what you're here for. You um, actually have a list of questions that we've compiled between you and I, um, things that we hear people, you know, people ask or or feel frustrated about. So if you want to um, go ahead and start with one of the questions, I mean, feel free to to read them in any order, whatever you think, and we'll just, we'll go from there. And, and you know, that way, hopefully this episode will give, um, you know, a lot of good tidbits of, of useful and factual information to help people navigate. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one of these questions is actually great. It's a problem that I still run into pretty much every time I'm at the gym. Um, and the question is, I do not have time to go to a gym and I hate running. What am I supposed to do instead? <laughs> I do hate running. I, I hate pretty much all cardio. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so I actually, this is one of my favorite problems that people have, if, I, if, if there's such a thing. And by no means do I devalue that frustration because what, and from my perspective, that's actually a gift. For somebody to not have time to go to a gym and, and not – immediately love the easy thing to do, which would be running outside. Um, this is a gift because it, it requires people to get very creative. They have to start implementing different things. Um, it, it forces thought, um, you know, coming up with ways to use their body that's, you know, more in alignment with how they've been created. The problem with the gym is, one, it's inside, and it's under these lights that are just by themselves not healthy. Um, it also just feels kind of caged, I think, in a way. I do love the gym, by the way. That's not my feeling personally, but uh, I think a lot of people feel kind of claustrophobic and it's just you're around a lot of people and most don't know what they're actually doing when they're there. So to not have time to get to the gym is wonderful. And to not necessarily want to go running is also wonderful because now you have this opportunity to find other things that otherwise you wouldn't even look to because you would just kind of follow in line with what everybody else is doing. Um, Really, overall, to answer that question, one, we'd have to go to what is the goal? Because almost anything that would be recommended is going to be based on the goal. Are you trying to add lean muscle tissue? Are you trying to become more flexible or just improve functionality, reduce pain? You know, most people don't actually think about the, the main goal other than aesthetics, which is also fine. You know, if just weight loss or looking better is the goal. That's, you know, that is at least a goal that we can start from. But since I don't know this particular, this particular person's goal, I can only answer really in general terms. So what I would say to that is um, to specifically to the, what am I supposed to do? Uh, go play, you know, get your kids and go ride bikes or throw on some roller skates or, you know, go learn some activity that you've always wanted to learn, like boxing or ballroom dancing. Or this is, you know, this actually applies to you, Kylie, that, you know, you started doing silks classes and things that you have always wanted to try. And that became your source of working out. And that is perfect. That's really what you're supposed to do is to go play. Even as children, when we've done our work, and the bell rings, what do we do? Um, there's not classes to go sign up for. There's not like a treadmill to go hop on. There's literally doors that open up to the outside. And each child, if you just observe them, they kind of run off into their own direction to do whatever their little heart desires. And that really shouldn't stop at recess. That should continue all through life. So that would be my answer to that is go 
go do what your little heart desires, call it recess, um, and pick something. And if you aren't able to leave, maybe you're at home and you have responsibilities there and you only have 15 minutes. Well, YouTube is a great resource for that because it has a ton of amazing videos with fun classes and it's free. So overall, I would say, you know, go play. That would be my, my overarching and general answer to that, not knowing the specific goal. What do you think about that, Kylie? Um, I think that's great. I actually, I have a little bit of an, of an off script question. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned YouTube videos. How do you know that the YouTube video that you choose is a good one? Do you like it? Uh, I mean, I guess that would be a good question. <laughs> I think that, and I think that's the number one answer is if you like it and you, and it, you know, if it brings joy really, which is what I think movement is about. It's a, it, And that's why people feel good after they exercise. The problem is getting to exercise um, is hard to, like, get motivated. You know, that intrinsic motivation of, like, oh, like, why am I doing this again? I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm supposed to because that's how I lose weight or it's how I'm going to, you know, wear a bikini or whatever, you know, the, the internal conversation and dialogue is. But when you have something that you enjoy – you know, you release those endorphins really just thinking about it. It's kind of the same way when you are craving, I don't know, like cold green curry, Kylie, and you start to like, <laughs> you start to like salivate, you know, your all of your body is starting to prepare because it's like, yeah, like that's what we want for lunch. But that also can happen when it comes to exercise and people don't realize the reason why that's not happening is because they don't like what they're doing. So how do you know what YouTube video is good? Are you excited to turn it on? Does it bring you joy? Is it exciting? Do you feel like you've learned something or you've accomplished something? That's that's where I would start. And I think that um, if we have to get more technical, uh, obviously you want to, if you're especially if you're moving around weight and your goal is to you know add strength or size, um, and you're lifting things that are heavy, you want to look for somebody who has uh, some kind of credentials or is an expert or a professional at. Uh, at form, so that way you're that you're not injured because that would be obviously counterproductive <laughs> to start a YouTube um, you know video series and then end up injured. So you in that case you want to be a little bit more cautious. But other than that, if it's something like you know dancing or I don't know maybe you're learning how to use your weighted hula hoop best and and different you know ways to use it, then I wouldn't worry too much about the technical side of things. I would just have fun and revert back to the original you know, answer, which is just go play. Awesome. Um, I think that's super helpful. Um, now I know that for me, this next question applies, especially in this new season of life that I'm in where I'm working, I'm a nanny, I'm taking care of three kids. I'm also in school. I just started school last week Mm -hmm. and it's becoming harder and harder for me to find the ample amount of time I would like to spend at the gym. Um, so I don't really want to waste my time right now. So what's the biggest mistake when it comes to exercise so I can avoid wasting my time? Mm, That's also a very good question. I like that one. Um, There's actually a few. It's hard to say a biggest mistake um, because there's a couple that I think have become habits and it goes back to perception primarily. Um, And we can get into some more of the biochemistry of it all, but Essentially, I would say one of the one of the biggest mistakes is is making it a chore, or when people make it turn it into a chore with unrealistic uh, like unrealistic expectations. So, you know, the results of implementing a, a a workout program or or you know some kind of program to lose weight. You know, the the results of body recomposition it takes it takes time. So, you really need to be motivated by something other than like longer term results in order to stay committed. Um, that's the, that is the mistake is people start programs and they start and they start and they stop. And then that becomes a waste of time because how many times did you think about it, consider it, drive there, change your mind, you know, say I'm going to go home and I'm going to do this instead and then not do that. That's, that is the biggest waste of time. So I think um, it's important to remember that humans will always find a reason to not do something that they don't like that also has no tangible benefits. Um, you know, remembering the exercise has a, a lot more benefit than just body composition. Now, changing your weight 
you know, adding lean muscle tissue, losing body fat, those things come as a bonus, but they should be considered the bonus prize. Like that's, that will come at some point after I'm consistent and after I've, you know, committed to this for a certain amount of time. So how can you be motivated in the, with the instant gratification of what is our current day and age? So remembering that um, exercise improves your mood. It improves your sleep. It is anti-aging. Uh, it reduces pain and inflammation. It improves focus and it improves motivation. Um, those are all, for the most part, instant results post-workout. So I would say in order to eliminate wasting time is to reframe what you're doing and why you're doing it so that it's not a chore and that you also have realistic expectations so you can feel like it was worth it. That was worth it because I just spent however long I was doing whatever I was doing for movement purposes in order to be more motivated to go home and do my homework and increase my focus and retention of information while I'm studying. That's an instant gratification result, which should be your why to go so that you get it done, that you'll be motivated again um, tomorrow to do it because you'll be able to experience immediately that focus and um, the the motivation to 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 continue your day with instead of just going home and like plopping down and then having to like figure out where you're going to get that motivation from you you can create it you can create it with exercise so um, finding another reason than aesthetics will help to mitigate some of that time wasting if that makes sense and then I'd have to say um, there's another another mistake that people make when it comes to uh, to working out or exercising or implementing an exercise program. And that's where it becomes like a pressure situation, like a stressful experience. And so this does go back to perception, which I covered a little bit in the last episode where I talked about epigenetics and, um, you know, how our perception of things will, will result in a biochemical change. So reframing it again, in, but in this way to where it's not – it's not stressful. It's not pressure because, you know, the last thing you need is another thing on your list. Like you just rattled off all these new things that you are required to do that you must do um, and that you're pressured to do in a certain amount of time. The last thing you want is another one of those. So reframing it in a way that is something that is a benefit to you. It's the thing that you get to go do for you while you're also balancing and juggling all these other things that you're doing for others, um, looking at it from the perspective of this is, this is something I get to do. This is how I'm going to um, improve my health and support all of my goals. Um, and therefore, it's not stressful and I'm not pressured. And then from there comes like the last suggestion, which is I'm going to go do this because it helps me focus. So now you're like, this isn't pressure. This is for me. The reason I'm doing this is because it helps me focus. And so I'm going to go do this. And then you're free from the that pressure of things to do. I mean, it's, it's really actually no wonder why people don't want to exercise because it has been, I think, for the most part, presented as another pressure to life. So I would just reframe that and just be like, you know what, this is for me. Um, this is the one hour or the one thirty minutes that I get for the day, and it benefits me in these different ways. Um, so I'm going to go and do that, um, not from a pressure standpoint, but from you know an opportunity to do something good for myself. So that's what I would say to that question. Does that resonate? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I see another question on here that I would love to hear the answer to for myself. <laughs> um, this is this is really just turning. I was gonna say, is this really about question. you, Kylie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, but what do you? What's your opinion on fat burners? Should I should I use one? How do I know if I can? Ooh, wow! So I'm glad that we started talking about this now from a time standpoint. <laughs> I think you Don't know. Don't worry, I'll rein it in if we have to. Thank you, thank you. I feel like you kind of already know where I'm going to go with this because I know we've had similar conversations to this. And and really for the most part, you know, fat burners are, they're not really fat burners, mostly because people don't know real, what, you know, what fat is. They don't know what, you know, what, what when you say fat burning, what does that mean? Well, there's this whole biochemical process where the fat actually has to become 
um, mobilized. So you have to liberate it. It has to, you know, come out of its, um, it's a, it, well, essentially it's a triglyceride and, and it has to be broken down. It has to be liberated so that it's free to be used as energy to the, in the cell. And then once it's liberated and it's mobilized, then once it's in the cell, in order for it to become a source of energy, it has to be oxidized. So this whole process, um, you know, really can't be pushed or forced simply by adding adrenaline in the bloodstream, which is what most, I'll call them quote unquote, fat burners are doing. They're just increasing your heart rate and they're essentially just full of caffeine. And so you have this placebo effect of like, oh my gosh, like my heart is racing and I'm, you know, I have all this energy and I feel, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you don't feel jittery, but you feel something like you have this, this feeling, but that absolutely has no no bearing on whether or not your fat gets liberated, mobilized, and oxidized. It's there. One is just a placebo. So maybe, you know, in all fairness, maybe that's what's helping people is they have a placebo effect. We know that's one of the most powerful drugs that we have access to, which is our belief. So you have this feeling, so you believe it's working, and that's what motivates you to go to the gym. On that side of things, potentially that they work. Um, Should you be using that? Well, it depends. Do you like to feel that way? Do you like the jitters? Do you like the, um, you know, activation of your sympathetic nervous system to a level that is, according to your body, high stress and really the opposition to health? Because we aren't really supposed to be in that state unless we're, I don't know, running from a lion or something. That's not really supposed to happen at 5 a.m. or, you know, 4 p.m. in the afternoon whenever you take a fat burner. So, um, there could be some advantages to it, but overall, um, I feel like the requirement of burning fat needs to be a little bit more strategic and understanding how the body works is how you can do that best. So there are some things you can do to facilitate that biochemical process. For instance, you can uh, utilize an enzyme, which is called lipase, and that actually will help to liberate the fat so that it comes into the, you know, moves into the bloodstream and then, and, and then essentially is mobilized. Um, again, that's a potential effect of that in that moment. There's a lot of other things that have to come into play. And then once it's been mobilized, how you can oxidize it, you can take um, an amino acid called acetyl-L-carnitine, and that helps for the, the fat to actually become a usable source of fuel that the body will choose. So those are two supplements that you can use to to help it along, but really what it comes down to, what it boils down to is a demand for energy. Your body isn't going to choose that fuel source unless there's a demand for that energy, right? So you could um, be have just gone to out to a big meal and not moved all day long and, um, you know, be full of glycogen and your insulin levels could be high and then you can go to the gym and it doesn't matter how much acetyl-L-carnitine or lipase you take, your body doesn't really need that fuel. It has all these sugars to burn. So I know this is getting a little complicated, but the point is that I'm trying to make is that um, really fat burners are primarily a placebo. Whether or not you should take them is dependent on if you want to spend the money for placebo or not, and whether or not it's a good quality blend, because there are potentially, I don't study fat burners at length, but I do formulate so I understand ingredients and the synergy of them. So there may be some fat burners out there where the the synergy of the ingredients are really well constructed um, and the source of them is super high quality. You know how I'm kind of like a sourcing snob when it comes to ingredients. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. and, then, <laughs> and then you'd have, and then the timing would make a big difference. You'd have to time it well in order for it to um, really facilitate that process, you know, biochemically. So um, that's not my first choice for burning fat, fat burners, or there's no such thing as like a magic pill. If there was, um, I would know about it and I would gladly be selling it to everybody. And I think everyone would be. It's, it's, you know, how long has the supplement industry been making billions of dollars off of people selling the next best thing? I mean, we're in probably the fourth or fifth decade of it, and a a new thing comes out all the time. So clearly we're not doing a very good job of um, of finding that that secret pill. So um, I think that's that's my answer for the most part. Did I make that clear, or is that just a big mess? 
<laughs> no, that sounded great. And you kept it short. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I'm doing my best, Kylie. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so if fat burners aren't the best use or if they're not the best solution for wanting to burn fat, then how many calories should we aim for? How many calories should we be aiming for to burn when we work out? Mm. So this is also a little bit complicated because it goes back to the... You're welcome. (laughs) I'm just just doing my job. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, uh, So when it comes to how many calories should you burn, there is... It's it's almost impossible to expand on that without asking an individual person very a very complex list of questions, which is why I I do health and wellness the way I do, where it's you know it's precision wellness. It's about that one person because I can tell you how to do it based on you know a whole long list of questions, but that that those answers or what I'm going to tell you is going to be different for somebody else. So the since this is a very general conversation and um, lots of different people listening to the answer, I'll just I'll just say this: um, calories are are one thing to consider, but the more important thing to consider isn't so much how many calories you're burning while you are there, but how you've set up your entire day and even structured your your week for uh, for burning calories because it's about the deficit. It's about Again, it goes back to that mitochondria, that cell that, you know, you're asking your body, hey, here's this fuel that, I, that you can burn if you want. It's stored fat. It's, you know, it's available. But your body isn't going to take that if there's no need for it. So have you eaten so many calories or, you know, filled your body up with so many other fuel options that, you know, the fat is like too much work for your body even to bother liberating it, mobilizing it, let alone oxidizing it if it's already got all these sugars. So if you're going to go to the gym with the goal of, you know, burning something, I wouldn't worry too much about the calories as much as I'd worry about being strategic with how did you set yourself up prior to the gym so that once you hit, you know, the start button on whatever you're doing or you start your workout, that you're immediately going after that fuel and your body is like, uh, we got nothing. Does anybody have anything stored that they can take? Because um, we need help. Um, that's the goal is, it's not so much, okay, well, I'm here with a full belly and I feel really good, but I kind of feel guilty about what I had for breakfast. So I'm going to go to the gym, burn it all off. Like at that point, you're just burning off all the sugars. You're burning off the glycogen. You're exhausting the body. And hopefully depending on what you ate in that morning, you're going to, at some point in time, there's going to be this, this switch that happens where your body goes from glycogen for fuel to fat. So I think it's more important to think about the setup and the long-term uh, process of how do I create a deficit? How do I create a need for my body to go after those fat stores while I'm in the gym? Um, that's really what it's about. Um, calories, I think that they've, we've given them way too much credit. And in doing so, we've limited people's ability to actually get results from the time that they do spend in the gym. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, so if we're trying to set ourselves up for success, is it better to eat before working out or is it better to be fasted? There's a couple of things. There's a lot of studies on this and I really, I feel like it's important to, to address it overall and then we'll get more specific. So not only is there a lot of information, but it's conflicting, um, in whether or not you should be fasted or you should be. Um, fed before you go. So step one, it depends on the goal. And I know that's the answer to almost all of these questions, but it's the truth. If you're going to go to the gym and you're an athlete or you're on your way to a training session and your goal is strength and endurance, you are going to need, and, and you're going to be, you know, training for maybe two hours or something. You really need support. You need to have glycogen available in your muscle tissues because there's a, just a finite amount of glycogen that you'll actually store up. Um, in your muscle tissues before you run out of that. And then your body goes, uh, okay, we need help. Um, but if you're going to be training over a long period of time and your goal again is strength and endurance, you need support. So under those circumstances, I would never recommend somebody go fasted. It's very rare that athletes are looking to burn fat. They just accidentally do it because of their profession. 
And in fact, we, there's lots of different things that we have to do in order to make sure that they're not um, you know, losing strength, losing lean muscle mass um, in the process of training. So let's say you're not an athlete or you're not looking to gain strength or endurance and you are specifically going to the gym for the purpose of burning fat. Well, then um, I would say in general, if you can go to the gym in the morning, so you've, you know, you've been fasting all night long, and go fasted, so you haven't eaten anything yet, um, and work out like that, you are going to set yourself up for the best results only because you don't have any glycogen to pull from, or if you do, it's very little. Um, your body is already basically prepared for that conversion of having to pull from stores for energy in order to fuel what you're about to do. Um, you're already in that state of AMPK, which is a pathway that is about, you know, breaking things down. So, you're, you know, you're already in that when you have, you know, food or you're fed, you're in a different pathway called mTOR. So AMPK happens, you know, once you're out of the feeding windows, so to speak. Um, and so that pathway is going to be encouraging of the liberation of fat and then the utilize, like the utilization of it. Um, but I say that um, also, um, I should say it this way. I don't want to say that's the only way to do it because what happens is when people hear, oh my gosh, the only way to like burn fat is to go fasted and I have to eat before I go to the gym because I'm dizzy or, you know, I don't like high, whatever it is. Um, there's no perfect way to do it. Uh, and I don't want anybody to just throw this out like, oh, forget it. I can't go to the gym then because I'm not even going to burn fat when I get there. There's ways to strategically set yourself up even under those circumstances. So let's say that is your story. Let's say that you can't work out on an empty stomach. I mean, it's not a problem. That doesn't mean throw away the whole thing um, because working out fasted isn't an option for you. You just got to get creative. You just got to know how the body works. You know, your insulin needs to be low because insulin does inhibit fat oxidation. So you got to, if you're going to eat something, you want to try to st stick to, you know, like fats or proteins and not take in anything that's, you know, carbohydrate rich or sugars. Um, and that's if you feel like you need to eat before training, stick with something like, I don't know, like a, a good example would be like a spoonful of sunflower butter, um, obviously organic sunflower butter with some cinnamon. So that's going to help your insulin levels stay low. You're only fueling your body with fat. Um, and so that's, you know, not going to really create like new glycogen for your body to use during your workout. So that's going to help with, um, you know, when you start to get fatigued or you need to pull on a different energy source, your body is already, is still going to be in that phase of, okay, we're going to, we're going to pull from fat for our, for our fuel. I think the main thing though, even when it comes to like intermittent fasting and fasted workouts or not fasted workouts is just try to not get so bound up by the rules, which a lot of people do. There's like analysis paralysis. And then there's like, well, shoot, like I read this last year, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I've been doing it all along. And now I read this new study and it says the opposite. So I've just wasted all this time. And I mean, that just creates more frustration than solution. So just try not to get too bound up by the rules. Um, it gets, it gets in your way more than it helps, obviously. Just getting movement in regardless of all these other details is still better than nothing by far. Um, there's just more strategic ways that you can get a a better ROI, so we'll say, out of your time while you're working out. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, getting it in consistently paired with proper nourishment of your body, utilizing clean, organic food, hopefully you're making it yourself, um, and not getting out of a package is the most important. That is, that is the most important. And if you're doing that, and then you can time your workout to where maybe you don't have quite as full of a stomach or you've only had fats and proteins thus far until you get there. Um, that is a strategy that you could use as well. So That actually leads perfectly into my next question. Okay. Um, so <laughs> uh, what's the point? What's the point of working out? Do I need to work out? Can I just eat good? <laughs> can I just eat clean? Or what's the point? Are you trying to get an out? <laughs> <laughs> there are uh, there's actually so many benefits and reasons for moving we have been created to move um it's it's again this is another area that i feel like the industry has done people a disservice because it's created this programming of 
okay, the only reason I'm going to go exercise is because I need to look a certain way. No, you know, that isn't the only reason that we move. There's just countless, there's a, you know, books of lists of other ways that movement facilitates health and cellular health at that. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult to answer this without adding the fact that, you know, some people can't move. Like some people have restrictions in movement, you know, maybe they have an injury. So, of course, I'm not going to create doomsday for them and be like, oh, no, if you don't move and you only eat well, you know, there's no hope for you. Like that's not true either. But if you can move, <clears throat> we'll start there. If you can move, um, you need to. There, it, it, it's part of it's part of how we, um, you know, move oxygen through you know t- throughout our body in order to like minimize inflammation. It also helps with like endorphins. It's there's biochemical exchanges that happen when we move. Um, just overall, lean muscle tissue is so important for every aspect of health. And as we age, we actually lose lean muscle tissue. Um, we also lose functionality. We get, um, you know, painful joints and, you know, issues with posture and we can't balance and all of these things will just speed up. It just expedites aging. So you might be only 40 years old, but, you know, you're wandering around like you're 75 because, you know, your body is just not optimal because you haven't ever moved it. So no matter how well you eat, to eliminate the movement component is to eliminate at least 50% of what is health overall. So I don't think that you uh, want to just just eat um, clean all by itself and, and not move. Um, I think was part of the question, what's the point? Is that what it said? What's the point? Yep. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> um, the point is, is that it brings... Um, it, it creates wholeness. You know, movement creates wholeness. It's part of, of how we've been created. The point is that it, it's going to help you to feel better. Um, when we're out of alignment with how we've been created, when we're not doing, we're not living to our full capacity, we might not know consciously, but subconsciously there's a knowing that I'm not fulfilling a purpose or that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing what I was designed to do. I'm, 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 not using everything that I'm able to use. And so that will eventually weigh on you. And it, again, goes back to the last episode of epigenetics, where it's telling your body a story. You're always talking to your cells. What you're doing is giving information to your cells all the time. And then that determines how your genetics will express themselves. So if you're basically saying we do nothing, um, it's what that's conveying is we have no purpose. We're not moving. We're not um, you know, oxygen isn't moving around our body properly. There's just not purpose here. And so then that can over time result in things like, you know, depression and anxiety and, and uh, which, you know, exercise is actually a remedy for because of the biochemical exchanges. So I feel like, um, you don't have to work out the way that the world taught you though. You know, you don't have to go, what's the point of going to the gym? Ah, oh, I could, I suppose I could, I could go with that. Because, you know, you're not even getting sun, not getting fresh air. Um, you know, what's the point to that? Sure. But movement, exercise overall, man, it's so important. It's so important. You can't skip it. But just do walks. You know, if you don't want to go to the gym, working out's not your thing. You don't care about lean muscle tissue. You don't care about lifting heavy things. You don't care about being strong. Just walk. Go for walks. Make that a time to, you know, to, to be prayerful or thoughtful or to dream or, um, you know, to talk with friends, you know, get people that you don't see very often together and go, go outside and just do something that's, that's active. It doesn't have to be uh, a routine of, you know, 20 minutes on the treadmill and then 10 minutes on the step mill and then, you know, squats and then leg press. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. That's, that's not what's required, although that's what I think a lot of people think or believe. Movement is supposed to just be part of our human experience. So I would say just look at it that way and just make sure you get out and you move and you're active and you are able to utilize everything that you've been given to facilitate health overall and down to the cellular level. Does that, do you think that answers that question? I don't know. It was kind of a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing you all the curves. I know. I know. <laughs> what else you got? What else? Anything else? Um, 
I've got two more on this list. Okay. So let's see. This one could be quick, but knowing you, maybe not. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> what is the best workout to do? Hmm. I feel like I know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you answer. What is the best workout? Okay. I do feel like you're going to probably know what I'm going to say about this one. Uh, the best workout is the one that you will do. That is my quick, my quick answer to that. But I will expand. Lucky you. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew it. That, it was gonna, that was what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I'm sure that you've heard that m- way too many times. Um, so the, whatever you enjoy whatever you enjoy, whatever you will show up to consistently, um, whatever is sustainable for you and your lifestyle. Like you can, it works, it's close by, you can afford it or it's free. I don't know, whatever that is. Um, Whatever, oh, this is important. Whatever will increase your respiration, like really make you breathe where you actually act like, like earlier today when we were talking, I'm like, I got to call you back. I can't breathe. Um, That was like, what I was doing for my work, I was causing it to where I, I couldn't talk because my respiration was increased. I, was, I had to ex- exhale a lot more than I do when I'm sitting down. So anything that increases your respiration like that and will make you sweat because um, we'll go back to like fat for this particular example. When you, so when you're burning fat, well, let me start here. Our fat, our fat molecules are actually atoms of um, oxygen, carbon, and hydrogen. So when you breathe out, like, you're actually dispelling fat. You're dispelling carbon dioxide. You're dispelling a, um, a, a part of um, your fat molecule. So when, you're, uh, when you exhale fat, it, it's exhaled as carbon dioxide, and then there's also some water vapor. So when you do that, you are increasing um, in fat burning. Ideally, you're in all the, the other things have already come into play. But essentially... Whatever workout you're going to do that also combines the component of making sure that there's more, like, more respiration, more exhaling, and there's actually sweat happening, that's going to be your best workout. Now, how you do that, I don't know. You know that's totally up to you. When some people, um, you know, they're able to do even just breath work. They just get really good at breathing, and they're just sitting and focusing on breath work for an hour. But they're exchange that carbon dioxide is they're exhaling at a more rapid pace, and so their heart rate has gone up, and they're actually expending calories. They're expending fat that way. So, um, whatever you're gonna do, just make sure that there's some work involved. That you will actually have to breathe harder and sweat a little bit because obviously sweating also has a lot more advantages as well to, um, to overall health and wellness. So um, beyond that, just some more specifics in case, you know, that's not a good enough answer for somebody, <laughs> just whatever you will do. Um, beyond that, um, don't do the same thing all the time. You've got to change it up. Our bodies like to adapt to things. Um, it, they're much more responsive when you do something new and you challenge new muscle groups. So change it up. Um, try to build lean muscle tissue with whatever you're doing. Um, so challenge your muscle groups and, and incorporate things that are balance and flexibility and overall mobility because that's actually going to be um, more like longevity, long-term benefits. And then the side effect or the bonus prize of that is, you know, body recomposition. You'll have less fat and more muscle tissue, and that really ultimately is the goal. Um, one of my favorite ones that maybe people haven't heard of or haven't tried that I think is really cool. It incorporates all of those things and it's really challenging and uh, it's hard to, to do the same thing over and over again because there's so many different components and movements to it is um, it's called um, animal flow. I know I've mentioned this to you before. Did you ever look at it? Animal um, flow. I have not. You should look into, into it. Something you can probably find on YouTube. There's a couple of really great um, instructors on Instagram as well. I'll try to add that to the show notes, um, some people that I like. But it's really great for mobility, flexibility, and balance. Um, and plus, it's fun, and it's challenging. And it's, you know, if you have a video, it's ultimately free. So can't really beat that. So I think that answers that question. What else? All right. What else? Um, last one. Wow. 
Whenever I start going to the gym, I seem to gain weight and not lose it. Why does that happen? Hmm. I feel like that happens to a lot of people, actually. I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah, it's happened to me, too. Um, okay, so again, I hate to say this again, but um, it's, it is a little bit more difficult to answer without asking several questions to the individual that's experiencing this because there's a lot of different reasons that this could be the case. But in general, overall, what I've learned is that, and we can also thank the industry for this, uh, most people work out to eat. The purpose of going to the gym is so they can justify their eating um, or they you know, make sure that they work out harder on a day that they plan to eat something that they otherwise would not eat. And over time, when that becomes the habit or the consistent you know, I guess protocol and the whole thing, they're actually eating more calories, even though they're expending them at the gym. Um, there's, there's actually, now there's no longer a deficit. Not only is there not a deficit, but there's an increase in caloric intake just because people's mentality is, well, I worked out, so I'm going to eat that. Um, if you want to actually change your body weight, if you want to recomposition your body, there still has to be that moment in which your body goes, okay, we have no more fuel. Um, what are we going to do? You need to get to your body at that point so that it will actually go after the fat that you have. Um, and then you need to refuel the body you know, in a very specific way, uh, ideally, to rebuild lean muscle tissue after the fact. But overall, we shouldn't be eating or we shouldn't be working out so that we can eat. We should be eating so that when we work out, it's effective. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of a weird, it seems like that's would be what the general understanding is, but that's not really how it plays out overall. So I'd say number one, that's probably why people experience weight gain when they go to the gym. They probably are building muscle tissue because even with excess calories, now they also have those calories to support lean muscle mass, but they're also not losing fat. So that's why some people will start to feel kind of thick when they start working out. Um, you know, they maybe they don't look like adding more fat, but it's like everything kind of seems like swollen a little bit more, especially ladies. This happens too because they're working out one, usually they're working out like men, and men and women have very different bodies. And so when they're working out like men and eating like men, then they get um, a body that is not really their ultimate goal. So I think that that could be what's going on with this person, um, not knowing about their hormones, um, not knowing about any health conditions or um, a couple of other things that I would probably ask them. It's difficult to say for sure, but that would be the first thing that I would look at is um, how is she or he, I don't know, whoever answered this question, um, how, are they, um, how are they perceiving their caloric intake now that they've started, you know, a workout program and um, have they had a doctor or a functional medical professional look at their, their labs and, you know, inf- inflammation markers and so on to, to assess, you know, any biochemical issues that could be in the way. That's what I would, that's how I would answer that. That's great. And I have officially answered all of the questions that uh, we prepared. Amazing. Amazing. Do you have any questions? Like, is there anything that has come up um, through the process of this that you're like, man, I didn't, I didn't think I mean, of this before, but. I mean, we have conversations all the time and I'm pretty sure I have asked you every single one of these questions at some point in the last four years. <laughs> four years, like probably longer than that. I feel like you've been asking me questions about this fitness um, business. Yeah, probably asking questions longer than that than taking it seriously for like the last four years. Oh, I see. <laughs> been actually listening to you. <laughs> Got it. Um, so I don't know that I have heard any new information, but hearing the information again is enough to light up some of those bulbs and in, and uh, inspiration to look further out than what I've been doing. Um, so based on this conversation today, anything that, that you listened to for the first time, what was your biggest takeaway from this or what's something that you feel like that you want to start implementing now that you've listened? Um, what was it called? Um, the animal, animal exercise, <laughs> animal flow, animal flow. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to look into that today. Awesome. Amazing. Okay, well, I feel like since we've answered all the questions and, um, you know, you don't have anything else that you want to cover today, we I hope we can do this again sometime. Would you would you give me the pleasure of having you on as a guest another time? Yeah, anytime. Awesome. Amazing. Well, then, I feel like we are at the point to just wrap it up and say goodbye. And, Kylie, you are an absolute gem. And you have been the best guest host I've ever had. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing this with me today and being an advocate for the audience. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, yes, we definitely need to do this again. And, um, and to the audience, thank you all for listening. If um, there's anything in this episode, I feel like this was a pretty full episode overall. But if there's anything in here that you think would be helpful to anyone that you love, I'm always so thankful when you share um, these episodes with them. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to this podcast and um, sign up for my email newsletters. I've, I send out emails every once in a while, but when I do, it's always information that I'm not posting someplace else. The people that subscribe are kind of like my family. A lot of them are people that I've worked with throughout the years, and so um, there's always extra information there that I don't share anyplace else. So you can sign up for that at wendymichelle.com. Um, if you do social media, you can find and follow me on Instagram or Clubhouse. I do live chats and Q&A about each episode every once in a while, and it'd be fun if you join me there as well. And um, Oh, and if you're interested in learning more about these topics and how to apply them to your life, you should check out my Creating Wholeness course. It's seven modules of so much fun and lots of um, additional tidbits and the different topics of, of creating wholeness, becoming healthy. And that can be found on my website as well. And there's always a link to this in the show notes for you just for the ease of navigating. I'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. But between now and then, you know, I would say work on that inner dialogue um, and try not to compare yourself to others because really they just they just don't stand a chance. There's only one you. <laughs> um, putting in the time and work that you do to whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish is worth it. Stop getting in your own way and um, don't let the insecurities of others cloud your vision. Keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> I'm so honored that you would spend your precious time, and it is precious, listening to my podcast. So thank you so much and have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to Whole, Healthy, and Free. I will be back soon with another edition of the podcast. I invite you to check out my next episode once it becomes available on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Until then, stay focused, insist on the truth, and do not quit. You are so much stronger than you realize.